Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this is part two of Breathing for Focus and Performance. And Dr. Amy Natasha, I knew how to say it two minutes ago, Novotny joins me. We were talking in the green room and I got, you know, we were just not paying attention. I'm sorry, Amy, that was terrible. So you are rejoining me to share how to calm the nervous system and apparently I need it, for emotional healing and improved focus. And you can catch our previous episode by finding this podcast on iTunes and really wherever you consume your podcast. Just look for Dr. Amy Novotny, N-O-V-O-T-N-Y, or Denise Griffiths, you'll find us. So Amy founded the PABR Institute with a mission to provide pain, stress, and anxiety relief to those who seek a naturalistic form of treatment. Honestly, when other treatment methods have either just not worked at all or they've fallen short. And I don't know about y'all, I don't go to doctors if I can avoid it. I believe that my body has this unique ability to fix itself if I'll just get out of the way. And I think we're going to be talking about that a bit as well. So Amy's unique approach comes from her experience in treating a variety of settings and with a wide range of patient populations over the past 11 years. Now, today, she is here to really talk about things that I think are important. How does the body store emotions? Where is it going to hurt? I can tell you, for me, it's going to be my hip. Don't know why, it just is. Where does it store emotions? I just asked that. How does that affect our ability to perform in daily life and our business? And when our nervous system is ramped up, how does that affect our focus and attention? And here's the big one. What can we do about these on a daily basis? Amy Novotny, welcome back to your partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Denise. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I'm honored to be here. So thank you very much. Well, just so our audience knows in the green room, I told her that I was talking with a friend of ours, masterminding actually, until about 1230 this morning. And my brain was so on fire that going to sleep was just not an option. And I'm still on fire, but my body's going, yeah, really? (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) I did warn you in the green room that God knows what I'm going to say or how I'm going to say it. So let's, and I asked for forgiveness. So let's just get that out of the way right now. (laughs) (laughs) You have forgiveness. No worries at all. And it just will make for more entertainment for all your listeners. God, I hope so. So listen, tell, before anybody who has not heard the first part of this this little yeah. series, tell people what the PABR Institute is. Sure. So PABR, so PABR, stands for Pain Awareness Breathing Relief. And what we're about is getting people from some type of pain, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and getting them relief through awareness training of the body and breathing. So we want to change your awareness of your body, how you position yourself, how you sense muscles that are contracting or relaxing. And we use breathing, the combination of the two, to get you relief. And this is something that I've worked on and developed over several years. And now I work with people all over the world and I do it through Zoom to help people really learn how to transform their body and it shifts them. And some of the things that it helps with is, you know, chronic pain or acute pain, even people who are scheduled to have some type of orthopedic surgeries where I will come in and say, listen, I don't know if you truly need it. Even if you're bone on bone, you're scheduled for a joint replacement. I've worked with so many people where, as long as we calm down the nervous system, their muscles release this protective guarded action that they've held for so many years without your conscious awareness. And all of a sudden the joints regain some space. They stop pinching on tissues. 
the pain goes away, the motion comes back. The arthritis, which is really just a, a degeneration of the cartilage, that's still there. But the reason that people have surgeries, the pain and limited motion, that improves and they can decrease surgeries. So it also helps with stress, anxiety, people who feel like they're on top of the world, especially business owners, entrepreneurs. They have so many tasks and things going on in their lives. They eventually get to the point where I hear, I can't breathe. I just can't settle down. I can't rest, relax, let go. And what has happened is there has been a physiological change in how their body operates, so they can't let go. Sometimes meditation or exercise will help, but it's not something that sustains them throughout the day or they can't control their physiological response. And that's where we work on changing the way the body actually works and moves and breathes so that their attention improves, the focus improves, the energy level and performance improves. So all of these come together to help someone in their business, to help them have a better presence, not only for themselves, but for how they're interacting with others, if they're presenting on stage, if they're presenting to a group, even if they're on a Zoom webinar, we can shift their energy so that they come across in you know a way that they may want to come across where they have a greater impact. And you just basically described me. My brain doesn't shut down. It's a squirrel brain. Seriously, I don't sleep a whole lot. I never have, so that's not an urgent thing for me. I've never slept mm -hmm. well. I've always catnapped my whole life. But, and I discussed this with you the last time you were here with me, I catch myself, and I'm paying a lot more attention to it now that I've you know had several chats with you. I, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd in stilettos. I'm constantly in front of a screen. I'm constantly in my chair. Although I'm a bit of a yo-yo, I bounce up and down after about 15 minutes. My focus just goes me, and off I go. And I may go outside. I may go open the refrigerator door and stick my head in it. That's my meditation, by the way. Because, you know, everybody knows you open the refrigerator door. You have no idea why you're there. You go blank. It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I call it open refrigerator door syndrome. But still, I will catch myself when I'm really trying to focus on something, shallow breathing. And it's horrible mm -hmm. for me. I get, you know, instantly I find that I'm thirsty. I'm getting a headache. I'm looking at the same piece of code or project that I've been looking at for the last 10 or 20 minutes, I've gotten nowhere. And it annoys the bejeebers out of me. So what you did the last time you were here, you walked us through, um, you know, how to do some breathing. And I won't make you do that here unless we have time at the end. But I really do mm -hmm. recommend that people go to that first episode because, I mean, you were very, very helpful, you know, teaching us, teaching me how to breathe. And you know what, Amy? I yeah. do it now. You'd be so proud of me. Yay. I almost feel like I should call you and say, look what I'm doing. I'm doing it. <laughs> and it does work. Yes, it does. And I actually do love it when people all get texts or calls or whatever from people when they tell me their success story of their practicing, they feel a change. I love it because I know it works, but it's really hard to convince people to change the way they position their body which in fact changes the way they breathe. It's really difficult because we have a mindset that's been set since we were two, three, four years old. As long as we can remember, we've been taught a certain way to hold ourselves and breathe. And it's really hard to convince people, you know what, give this a little try. It may not look good because your belly's coming out, but the feeling of your body being free and allowing it to just relax and let go it's incredible and you never want to go back once you get that it really is but i have to tell you it's been look since i was a kid stand up straight you know mm -hmm. our we were told that the way we stood up was how we presented ourselves and if we slouched mm -hmm. oh man my father would take a you know the back of a big old i don't know if you ever had those heavy mm -hmm. heavy knife and fork sets i mean those things are and he would flip that around and hit us with the butt. I would say, ow! <laughs> we yeah. were allowed to curse, but in my head I was saying bad words. But to him, mm -hmm. and really to me, you know, if you are standing up straight and you're presenting yourself well, that's impressive. But mm -hmm. sitting up straight, I guess, is not the best way. And it honestly... I've I've really had to struggle with this because I'm so accustomed to, you know, in my chair, sitting up straight, my back is not on the, the back of the chair, 
and mm-hmm. my you know, lower part of my spine is not touching e- anything either. And I'll have to go, oh, that's mm-hmm. not what you were taught. And I'll have mm-hmm. to go back to our original, you know, talk and kind of mm-hmm. retrain myself. It's not easy. I'll tell you, it's not easy. Yeah. So, but yeah. once you do it, and it's just the remembering, your, your body has these remembrance points, you know, you're supposed to do certain things from two years old on and you just do them. Once you have to take yeah. years of having that, get that out of the way. But if you continue with it, I'm telling you, my breathing is better. I'm not nearly as cranky as I can be some days (laughs) and my focus is better and for me that's the big Mm -hmm. big thing my focus is so important to me because I need to get busy I need to be busy I have a lot of work I can't Mm -hmm. play around yeah and that's the thing so the whole thing about focus we have if you just think about it okay if we're like this sphere we have a certain amount of energy or you can say a circle you have a certain amount of energy that's allocated to your body for the day ideally we want to spend a lot of our energy in creation mode especially if you're a business owner you're an entrepreneur you have a a job where it requires a lot of mental you know thought process and analysis you want a lot of your energy to go towards that Now, if you take a piece of that pie, that circle, and you are now devoting it to your body to be in fight or flight mode, you're going to, by default, you're taking away energy on your mental processes. Plus, the more you are in fight or flight mode, the more your brain shuts down because that's not a, a process in your body that's conducive to mental prowess, mental analysis. So you have two things going against you, the lack of energy and the state that your body is in that doesn't allow for mental acuity. Now, the problem is what we think is good, amazing posture is also a position of our body being in fight or flight mode because we have taken it to the extreme. So if you think about Superman military posture, chest out, shoulders back, suck up your gut, if you're standing, that is a position of extreme where you're kicking in the fight or flight mode, that nervous system, which lies in your back. So the more you try to arch your back or flatten your back, the more you kick in that fight or flight mode. So now your body is in a state of fight or flight mode, and it's going to detract from your ability to think, process, and perform, at least mentally. The problem then is we have forgotten what it feels like to be in a neutral spine where you're not sticking your chest out so far, And it's not that we're going to get you slumped or slouched or humpbacked. It's we got to get you back into neutral so the back muscles are not contracting and overcompensating to crush on that nervous system that drives you into that fight or flight mode. Same thing goes with sitting. Sitting innately is a position of rest. We have taken it and turned it into an exercise because we often sit too much and we don't get up and move enough. So we say, okay, well, since we don't get up and move and we don't stand and we don't exercise, why not turn sitting into an exercise or something where I can tighten up my core and sit up on the edge of my chair to be as rigid as possible so my muscles are exercising? Well, it goes against your nature. And for short periods of time, it's fine. Let's say you, you, know, you want to present and you're sitting, by all means, stick your chest out, pull your shoulders back to, to drive you into a more energetic mode. But if you're going to spend any time where you want to think, you want to write, you want to process, you want to analyze, you want to focus, we need to change our body into parasympathetic relaxation. We need to change the way our body's positioned so that our low back can relax into the chair back, tailbone curls under, so our back muscles stop crunching on that fight or flight nervous system to tell you to tense up. And so what that does is it allows you to improve your focus because now you're not expending energy on putting yourself into fight or flight mode where all of your muscles tense up all over your body and are on guard. Because we don't want to waste energy for that, especially if you're thinking, writing, or focusing on creating something for your business or your job. We really want to take that energy and put it into our mental processes. So that just looking at your body position alone can really set us up for improved focus. And then the breathing follows suit based on your body position. 
And that, when you're talking about fight or flight, I made the mistake of buying one of those chair balls, you know, it's the oh. exercise ball. Before mm-hmm. I bought the chair that the darn thing sits in, I was actually on my podcast on your partner success radio. I fell clean off of it. Fortunately, my mute button was in play and nobody heard me go, oh, crap, on my way down <laughs> to the floor. But I found very quickly that that was not for me. I was so busy trying to stay on the thing because I, when I'm thinking, when I'm focusing, when I'm writing mm-hmm. or correcting code, I don't want to have to say, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. Yeah. So yeah. that it went to the garage. I never used it again. <laughs> well, see, your body innately knew there was something off about sitting on that ball. It didn't work. Yeah. I mean, you had to fall off it, but you also realized at the time, okay, wait, I'm taking my attention and focus away from my mind and putting it on my ability to balance and sit somewhere. It really detracts from our abilities. And if we're in that mode where we're constantly thinking, okay, chest out, shoulders back, suck up gut, tighten up all my core muscles, all my trunk muscles, that's not allowing your body to truly focus. It's not and allowing that's where your to focus have that is. one task. Because exactly. you have to be thinking all that time. Listen, and I didn't fall mm-hmm. off just that one time. I fell off multiple times and I kept thinking, well, that's I'm just right. a klutz. I'm really not. But I would just yeah. get so entranced with what I was doing. And then I'm looking at the ceiling going, really? <laughs> this is not working for me. <laughs> so off it went. Yeah. Not not fun at all. No, no. So we were, ta- you know, we're talking about, okay, I'm going to get you to walk us through a little bit of the last podcast because it was so important. And I think people need to understand why we're talking about belly out and, you know, mm-hmm. not sitting ramrod straight, which I still catch myself doing. So tell us a bit about why and how you should be positioning yourself. I'm in my chair. It's an office chair. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm looking at my monitor but I'm sitting properly because I'm talking to you and I don't dare not sit properly. So tell people how I'm (laughs) sitting right now. Yes. So first thing is low back is all the way into the chair back. Then let your upper back relax into the chair back as well. So ideally you don't want a chair that has a missing low back portion. We want something that has a solid back. So your whole back can sit all the way back. And then you want your tailbone to tuck under you a little bit. It's almost like if you think of a dog in trouble, it tucks its tailbone under, kind of what you want to do. And then next we want our feet flat on the ground. And then look at your knees. If your knees are lower than your hips, we need to either lower the chair or put something under your feet. Ideally, it feels much better to have your knees slightly higher than your hips and it al- because it allows your low back to relax more. And then the worst part of it that everyone hates is let your belly out. We want the belly to come out so that your rib cage can drop down in front so that your back muscles stop working to keep your rib cage up in front and hinging off your low back. There's so many people out there who have low back, hip, knee problems, neck problems, shoulder problems, all because their rib cage is too elevated in general or too elevated in front, too high in front. So if we go through that right there, that process will help people. And so people will say, okay, well, my shoulders are hunched. And they try to pull them back and they try to use their back muscles and squeeze their shoulders back. And I say, that's not really doing anything to your shoulders other than causing more pain and problems. But instead, if you want to drop your shoulders, the structure underneath your shoulders has to drop first, which is your rib cage. So we have to get the rib cage to drop down so your shoulders can drop down. The way that happens, your belly button has to let go. Your belly is your gatekeeper. The more you suck your gut up and in, the more you'll feel your rib cage go up, which is going to decrease space for your shoulders, neck, head, all of that. And, you know, it's interesting because I mentioned my hip earlier. My hip has hurt me, my right hip, has bugged me, oh gosh, for years. And I have honestly just attributed that to how I sit in my chair because I have an L-shaped desk. I have multiple monitors. I'm constantly 
maybe this is just me being lazy, but instead of swiveling my chair, I will swivel my body, my upper body, to go look at those two monitors on the left side and then back over here to the the big Mamma Jamma monitor on the center of the desk. And my hip will hurt. And I didn't know if it was, you know, there are a lot of people say, oh, if you've got money problems or money worries or you're getting a divorce, something's going to hurt. Well, yeah, something's going to hurt. But once I started talking with you and – and I'm not perfect at it. I still, you know, tend to sit straight up and go, hang on a second, relax. And I'll have to take a moment to, you know, go back through what you told me. Guess what, Amy? My hip still hurts once in a while, but not every stinking day. And it's not waking me up at night. That's awesome. So there you go. I'm so glad to hear I know. that. Yay! <laughs> and the thing is, there's more to it than that, but so many people can change their pain just by doing what you did. Change how you position yourself, especially if you're sitting for most of the day, standing for most of the day, work on your body position and change the way you breathe. Now, there are progressions to that. Sometimes people need more, where if you want to get rid of the hip pain completely, it might need you learning how to relax a certain part of your back and activate your inner thigh muscle. There's other parts of it that come with it later down the line, but there's so much that you can do with just doing what you've done so far. You've already felt the difference. I have. And I also have a couple of little tools called fascia blasters, fascia blasters, fascia bl- I never know how to say that. Mm-hmm. And I will take one of them in particular. It lives here in my office because I'm constantly taking the pointy end of that thing and poking at my hip which also helps, but I've learned to only do that after I've positioned myself properly and I'm actually breathing properly, and then I'll go ahead and stab my hip with this pointy thing. So I've got a process, and it's working. So that in a really hot shower, but, you know, and I don't need a hip replacement. I'm nowhere near needing a hip replacement. I just have a bunch of bundles of nerves right there, and I know it's anxiety, stress, irritation, all of those things. So let's Absolutely. talk about and how does where where do you store how does the body store those emotions because I know when I'm about to step off a ledge and because I'm poking at my hip I know I can tell yeah yeah so if we think about our daily life we have all these stressors you know work finances relationships kids money all that stuff and every one of those will kick in our fight or flight mode there is emotional component to that, usually more on the negative side when we think about those things that stress us out. Now, that causes a physical change in our muscles and the way our muscles work. So our emotions and what we're going through basically imprint on our body. And if we're not aware of that and if we don't have the tools to ward that off, we start to guard and store stuff. Now, I work with people oh. all different types of emotional levels, and they, I mean, some people store memories and stuff that they've forgotten, and they start to come back up. I mean, different types of abuse or trauma, and it gets stored in different parts of the body. There's common places as well, and it's, it's really shocking, fascinating, um, almost empowering because then people start to learn, okay, if I got here and I stored this and imprinted it, now I can start to release it and unwind it. So Keep going. This is fascinating. Okay. <laughs> okay, so some of the common places where I see people have, especially trauma, abuse, and we, we've all had trauma. We've all had different types of trauma in our life. No one escapes it. And so the different places that we store it, one is in the chest, kind of right that that breastbone area. Now, people who are high achievers, who have too much going on, who can't rest, who can't turn off, they often feel it right there in their chest and they feel like they can't breathe, that they start to get more and more restricted. Then if we look at kind of maybe more emotional, um, other types of trauma, abuse, I see that a lot in the armpits where there's this guarded where you have your elbows down at your side and you're so used to holding your elbows at your side that it is very traumatic to open up 
the armpits and to allow really? the body. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much wow. so. And I'll have to start I'll get, Yeah, and the thing is, as I'm working with someone and we're going through teaching them how to release the that guard, the armpits, and release some of the other muscles, they have flashbacks or they start to release, they feel better. It's really quite powerful. Um, the other place that I see it too, a little bit in the hips, in the front of the hips, kind of similar to the armpits where it's a guarded. If you think about someone who's cowering, elbows are in, hips are pulled in, knees are pulled in tight. And that's sometimes I use curled as a ball in a fetal position as a position of relaxation and comfort, but it can also be a position of severe trauma. So sometimes we have to open that up to help someone get through some type of an emotional trauma. And one more place that's very, it's kind of the hardest place to access for people is right below their breastbone, that xiphoid process where your lower ribs kind of come up and they merge together, just right right above your stomach. That area is where people have this hardness and really get stuck. Anyone who's gone through a ton of trauma and repetitive trauma that area becomes so rigid, it's hard for people to let go and to bend there and to to free themselves up. And that's usually, that takes longer to release, but it's possible. And unfortunately, that area right there and your breastbone, those two areas have a huge impact on the way you breathe. And when your breastbone is prominent and it's stuck forward and that the area below your breastbone is stuck and hardened, your breathing pattern will be in a fight-or-flight mode breathing pattern. It's going to be more shallow. The whole notion of belly breathing and sticking your belly out to breathe, I challenge people on that because we don't want to push our belly out to breathe. We want air to go into our lungs to breathe. So there should be a gentle expansion all throughout our, our upper trunk to get air in, upper, mid, a little bit lower trunk to get air in. It shouldn't be we just shove the belly out because when people push their belly out, often they're using their back to breathe. They're not using their diaphragm. And when they push their belly out, sometimes they're just trying to distend their abdominal muscles. They're not really using their diaphragm. So there's a little bit of a misnomer when we encourage people to belly breathe and just stick their belly out because that's also a form that can turn into a fight or flight breathing pattern just as we don't want to just lift our rib cage up to get air in. So if we can shift to truly using our diaphragm and allowing our trunk and different muscles to relax, especially those areas that I just talked about where we hold and store emotions, a person can start to release the trauma. They can start to go through healing. But it is a process. It's not something that can typically happen in five minutes or an hour. Understood. So I've got a couple of questions. When you talk about hardened, not the breastbone, but the area, I guess, for girls underneath your breast, you know, right above your mm-hmm. your tummy, what does that mean, hardened? What does, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Yeah, so a couple things. So if someone is touching you there or poking on you, there's no softness. There's, when you push in there, there's no give in the muscles. The other way to tell is if you have your hand right there, can you bend over and hinge right that right there and anything below that, your belly spills out. Most people can't because they're so used to sucking it up and in to guard themselves that they can't truly bend there and let that belly come out. As soon as they try to, they bend at their hips or they bend oh. their head forward. They can't bend okay. at that area of their trunk. I'll demonstrate that for people, and then they try to imitate it, and they realize they can't. And so I explain to them how trauma is held there, and they realize it. And it's so shocking because they didn't realize how much was stored there, and they can't move there anymore. It's quite powerful. When does this start? I haven't heard of this. So when does this start to affect you? Is it something that was just always kind of there, and all of a sudden you hit 42, and you're like, owie? What happens? So everyone is different. Um, I mean, I have kids who have pain and trauma and stress and anxiety 
who this happened to them in their teens because they've taken on the world and they want to be a perfectionist. And so they hold it and hold it and hold it. And finally they have some pain or some kind of anxiety attack. And so it can happen early. We all have kind of this tipping point. It's almost as if you have this, this extra reserve. And once you hit this threshold, you have no more extra reserve, then something starts to fall apart. And it can show up as pain, stress, anxiety, chronic fatigue. Uh, a lot of times I see it in fibromyalgia. I see it in people who, um, who can't turn off. I see it in sleep deprivation, all these different things. It, I often see it. And so everyone has a different tipping point. That makes it's, sense. It's hard to say. Yeah. So when you're talking about this area, you know, underneath your breast, wrapped, so to speak, mm-hmm. is it left side, right mm-hmm. side? Is it all the way across? Does it matter? It's right in the center. So if you if you feel your lower ribs, you can feel how they're they're kind of at a diagonal. But right. if you come to the center where they meet, there's that area where your your xiphoid process is just right below your breastbone, so right in the middle there. That we want to be squishy and your belly to be squishy and spill out below that. Most people aren't able to be squishy there unless they've practiced what I'm talking about and they know how to release themselves. Yeah, I want you to know I'm bruising myself, but I'm squishy, so I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to keep poking. I'm glad Wherever to hear you're that. talking, I'm, I'm poking. poking. No, okay, the left side, that's a little hard, but I did manage to bruise my ribs. The center, I'm good. So, Okay, we can take that one off of my things to worry about. Okay, so that area shouldn't be tender either. If it's tender, there is some guarded that there is some guarding that's going on there. FYI. Okay. Interesting. So how how did you figure all this out? I mean, this is, like I say, I don't go to doctors, and I went to a chiropractor once, Mm -hmm. and I didn't like him none. That was 20 years ago. I'm still mad at Mm -hmm. that guy. But, yeah, how did, (laughs) seriously, he was just a creep. So how, how did you figure all of this out? I mean, it seems to be something that is just so unique to how you work with your clients. I mean, I'm I'm guessing this took many, many years. It did. It did. And I will be honest, I used myself as a guinea pig. For a lot of what I teach, um, you know, studying, doing coursework, it's a combination of a lot of different things I've been exposed to as well as exper- experimenting on myself and saying, okay, you know, if I have this pain and I'm studying the fight or flight mode and I'm working with people and I started – really addressing chronic pain. And then it became, people started telling me the benefits of their emotions and how Mm -hmm. they're able to focus better. They were able to meditate better. Their energy improved. And so the mission at first wasn't for all of these other side effects, you know, that I'm telling you about with emotions. That came later when people just started telling me about all these different amazing things that were happening to them Then I said, okay, time for me to dive into the emotional component, the mental component, because if I really want to help someone, I need to study as much as possible about the body and really know what can I help, what can't I help. And often, you know, anyone who has some kind of mental emotional trauma, they're going to be working with a psychologist or a psychiatrist as well or some type of counselor or therapist. But if I can provide a benefit for them with the physical part to supplement the mental and emotional training that they're undergoing with the, another healthcare professional, wow, their life transforms that much faster. I mean, a huge shift. All right. And see, that makes sense to me because we, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're paying attention, and I'm sure all of us are, we are emotional creatures. Some of us are logical. Mm-hmm. I hope I am linear. Yeah. But every once in a while, I'll realize that I'm just having a little internal fit and I'll have to stop and say, what in the world is going on in your brain? 
And it's not my brain. Mm -hmm. It's my emotions, which I'm not real comfortable with emotions. I kind of don't like them very much, (laughs) but I have to deal with them. You know, it's just, that's the way we were raised. Mm -hmm. You were raised to be, you know, good posture, be quiet, you know, don't make an ass of yourself, which is hard to do. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, once I realize that I'm shallow breathing and I know when I'm doing that because I'm not focusing, or I'll find all of a sudden that I was perfectly happy an hour ago and now I'm wanting to bite the cat's tail, what the heck happened? Mm-hmm. So I have yeah. to actually stop and go, what happened? And I have to backtrack mm-hmm. a little bit and go, really? It was that silly. And oftentimes, Amy, it was that silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I... I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to hear you stop and take notice. Oh, I have even to. Something I'd as, be insane. Well, yeah, well, even something as simple as that allows your body to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this imprint in me to change the way my body acts, moves, and behaves. It's really powerful that you do that on many levels. See, I never thought of it like that. I just all of a sudden I noticed that I'm irritated or something's not working, and I like my life to be, you know, smooth sailing, which is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I try. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'll say, no, 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 no. I didn't realize that I was actually treating myself, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're basically saying, okay, you know what? I recognize what my trigger was. I don't need to stay there which will help your brain neurochemistry, but it also helps your body's fight or flight nervous system to say, whoop, okay, pause. I'm not going to let my muscles stay tense in this mode because if they stay tense and in that mode, they habituate very quickly. I often give the example, if you hold a bucket of water up and you pick it up with your arm and, you, you know, palm is face up, you're using your biceps muscle. You voluntarily decided to pick up that bucket and you knew you're going to use that muscle to lift it up. Now, if you hear a gunshot go off, bang, and you, you weren't expecting it, your body's going to tense up all over. Now, if you put that bucket down, you can still feel that tension throughout your body from that gunshot. That's fight or flight tone. That's sympathetic tone throughout your body where everything has gone into a guarded, protected mode. Now, the problem is our body will habituate to that if we don't recognize that happening and do something about it. And then that becomes your new state. So now all those muscles that tensed up to hear that gun, when they heard that gunshot go off, now all of a sudden that's your new state where everything's a little bit tighter. And if you think about it happening on any level of stressors that you have, work, finances, driving, kids, relationships, parents, you have that happen on a diff- on you know a sliding scale, and it just continues to habituate and habituate. No wonder we get up and we say my hamstrings are tight, or I feel like I'm 100 years old, or I can't breathe because that sympathetic tone that has developed from some type of stressor and your body responded without your awareness, it just builds and builds, and so. It is really important when we have stressors that we pause and say, okay, I need to get rid of that muscle tension, tone, pressure, change the way I'm holding myself and breathe differently so it doesn't imprint in my body and become this additive effect, which leads to so many issues, health issues as we grow older. You know, listening to you, There's one thing that's happening right now with the pandemic, COVID, that I am Mm -hmm. absolutely opposed to, and that is having anybody stick anything in my face and try to take my temperature. I refuse. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very Mm -hmm. bad idea to habituate people into not reacting when something's pointed at your face. I think it's just stupid. And I'll say, listen, if you need Mm -hmm. to take my temperature, you can use my wrist. Do not point anything at my face. And I see Mm -hmm. people, I'm not out and about much, I'm an introvert, but when I am out, I see people just calmly letting people poke them in the the face with, you know, this thermometer Mm -hmm. gun. I think it's a horrible idea. Yeah, I just, I won't allow it. We do have a natural response. Yeah. 
well, it's and being I, taken I, I, away I, I, from us is my point. You know, now people are so used to having this thing shoved in their face that they may have to stop and think if that's a gun. Like, oh, 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 hang on a second. Maybe too late. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a bit over the top, but it worries me. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things that are going on right now that everything is putting us into fight or flight mode and putting us into fear these days. And not to go into politics or anything, but there is going to be repercussions of all of it because we're going to be so ramped up even more. And exactly. we have to do something to combat that on a regular basis, on a daily basis. We have to have the tools to combat that so that we can still be that free loving, you know, humans that we want to be. And that starts at home in your own body, with your own emotions, with your own logic, with, you know, how you treat yourself. You know, I don't Absolutely. know about you. I don't. I don't depend on any part of any government anywhere to take care of me, and I never will. So that's as far as we're going to go with the government. But we have mm-hmm. to be able to look at ourselves and say, you know, I don't want to grow up and have to have a hip replacement or a knee replacement. My brother yeah. just passed away last month from, you know, he had a double mm-hmm. lung transplant. Yeah. My sister is now having lung problems. These things worry the heck out of me. I don't want, and I would tell both of them, there's a reason I live in a galaxy far, far away from you people. You're not healthy in that state. I'm not going there. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, you know, we have to find out where our panic issues, our pain, our stress, our anxiety, and deal with those ourselves, whether it's with a professional or several professionals, mm-hmm. but you can't ignore it and then say, oh, wow. I don't think my Social Security is going to pay for everything I'm going to need. That's more stress. I mean, you, we really yeah. are. My point is, and I'm rambling, my point is we are ultimately responsible for ourselves. Right. So, right. And that's what you're trying to help people do. Absolutely. And part of it is we don't always realize how much power we truly have. I know. And What's that all about? We've been conditioned. Think about it. We are taught, chest out, shoulders back, suck up your gut, try to have this strong core. And we're taught that at a very young age. And then when we start to have pain and problems, we're taught go to the doctor or do Uh -uh. certain things. But what we didn't realize was the reason that we are often in these problems is because of the stressors related to our life and the advice we have followed throughout our life regarding our body position. And so we go to a place, you know, I mean, and granted, not everyone would want to do what I'm saying, but we'll go to a, a surgeon or a doctor and say, okay, you know what? I want a pill. I want a medication. I want something that will just take the pain away because we want an external thing to solve our internal problems. Right. We don't want to change our wiring. And so or our diet or everything, you know, mm-hmm. so much of what is yeah. wrong with America, as far as I can tell, and many countries actually, is obesity. And, oh, you know, that I, I has mean, its so own much. set of problems. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's scary. I mean, it really is. I mean, my dad last year in May was diagnosed with, Stage three, I think B, which is lower stage kidney failure, 40% oh, no. filtration rate, and congestive heart failure. And he exercised a little bit. He sat a lot during the day, and I told he called me up crying and said, how do I get out of this? Am I just going to die? And I said, you have one choice. I said, well, two choices. You can either switch to a plant-based diet and practice your breathing, or you can continue eating, you know, your diet, which he thought was good because he had different meats and, um, you know, dairy and all these different things. They said, you have two choices. You can either do that or do this. And he said, fine, I'll give it a chance. And he went plant-based and his kidney filtration went up to 62%. Um, he does, he's off so many medications because he chose health, because he chose to take control instead of just allowing someone else to dictate and say, you know what, let's, it's a crapshoot, let's try all these different things. 
Right. And awareness. I think, and we've talked about mm-hmm. this a bit, awareness is a big, big part of who we are. Yeah. Are we aware of how we treat people? Are we aware of how we we show up in the world? Are we aware of how we're breathing? Are we aware of what we're willing mm-hmm. to tolerate? That's a big one. That's part of fight or flight. I learned yep. really, really young. There's there's a lot of things and a lot of people, to be honest, I simply won't tolerate. Yeah. My mother told me yeah. that my very first word was not mommy or daddy or cat or dog. It was no. And she said I meant it. <laughs> so I've used that a lot. <laughs> it's my favorite word. And it's a complete mm-hmm. sentence, just so you know. But I, I think we we tolerate a lot of things that we don't. And maybe that's part of the imprint. Maybe you can you know, share some yeah. ideas about that because half the time we don't know what we don't know, even though it's in our bodies. Right. Right. And that's part of what you're talking about, the whole awareness thing. That's really part of it. And that's why it's part of the Haber word pain awareness, because we go through life and we're so involved in our brain. We exist in our brain. Our mind, our brain is basically you know, 100 feet out of our body, and our body's just kind of tagging along, being dragged by a, a string. Good point. Because we're not aware. We don't feel our body. If I tell you right now, can you blow out and drop your chest in and let your belly come out, the majority of people will say, what in the world are you talking about? What do you mean? My breastbone is supposed to be able to sink in? Because they're not aware of how much their body has changed. They are not aware of different sensations in their body of what it feels like for something to relax and for something to activate. The low back area specifically, most people have no idea what it feels like for that to relax. We should be able to relax it on cue. If I snap my fingers, I should be able to say, relax your back and you should be able to do it, the low back. And what you'll feel is like this tingling and it feels like your butt's letting go, your pants are going to fall down. Most people can't do it. So (laughs) this awareness, is, is huge. And then also just being aware of how does your body feel when you get eight hours of sleep? How does your body feel when you breathe in a relaxed manner? How does your body feel when you move versus when you stay stationary? How does it feel when you put certain foods in your body? So all these different ways that we can improve our awareness. And you don't have to do it all at once. It's not meant to be overwhelming. But you can chip away at one one per week, one per month, and just pay attention, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Absolutely. as I got a little bit older, I realized that white food is not my friend. White rice, white bread, which yeah. I never did eat much of anyway. White anything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm sneezing. I'm congested. It takes half an hour for me to be able oh. to get back to, you know, back to normal. Look, I live in the deep south. Mm-hmm. We eat rice, not so much potatoes, yeah. but rice is, you know, every day. I can't. I mean, I I can and I will sometimes, but I'm careful about it because I kind of like to breathe. And especially with my family history of lung problems, I'd rather Mm -hmm. not exacerbate that. So, you know, I've had to pay attention and say, you know, it's an allergy for me now. I don't know where it came from, but there it is. So Mm -hmm. what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up a good point, too. You know, for you, you know that your sensitivity to it. Mm-hmm. I also say our body talks to us. It's our choice to listen. We can listen. So I say when you have pain that just creeps up, unless it's like an organ pain or something that's different, you know, there's illness related to it. If you have pain in your shoulder, your back, something that creeps up, it's your body signal to you that you're out of position. Pain is truly a messenger we often fear it because we lose control when we get pain of some type, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, physical. But it really is a message to us, and we have to decipher the code and figure out, okay, is it something, do I need to change my body position? Is it I ate something poorly and I need to now look at what I ate? Is it that I'm going through some disease process because the pain is now, you know, spreading out into like nausea and other different things. But what, what is this pain talking to me about? And it's really that awareness and pausing and saying, okay, what can I learn from this? What can I take from it? 
kind of migrate away from, oh my gosh, I have pain, my whole life is going to end. Now you go in fear mode, which also puts you in fight or flight mode, so your brain turns off from being able to analyze, rationalize. And granted, there's always going to be that part in us, but we can also take a step back and say, okay, what is my body telling me? I wonder why we don't ask ourselves that constantly. You know, our body is our vehicle. If we're not paying attention to it, what the heck are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, if you think about it, if since we're little kids, we've been trained to fear pain and to react to pain in a way where, if you know, if you fall down as a little kid, everyone comes to you, oh, my gosh, are you okay? You're okay, you're okay. So right away we've learned a fear response when we have some type of pain. It's ingrained in us. It's a subconscious habit at some point. In my family, it was unless you're spurting blood, just get up and move it, you know, walk it off. (laughs) So that's always been my thing, walk it off. (laughs) But there were occasions when we were spurting blood. (laughs) So, yeah, that's like, okay, let's go to the hospital. Yeah, But no, I get what you're talking about. So when our nervous system is ramped up, and listen, I think these days with COVID and mm-hmm. politics, whatever you want to call it, and people with really nasty keyboards, I can't, uh, let's not even go down that road, but there are so many really ugly people, and I have to believe their their mental pain has got to be acute for them to be so mm-hmm. ugly online doesn't mean I'll tolerate them, but it does mean I feel, I do feel terrible for them. But then all mm-hmm. of these different things outside of our normal, you know, issues and problems and things that just kind of pop up, I think a lot of us, many of us are really ramped up. So let's go back to focus and attention. What do we do? How does that affect our focus and attention? What what, what should we do in the moment? I know, draw. You know, answer that, yeah. and then I'm, if you would, I'm going to ask you to go mm-hmm. through the breathing exercises so people really understand why you want, mm-hmm. you know, your spine relaxed and your belly a little bit out. Sure, yeah. So when you start to feel yourself ramp up, you'll notice that you may focus on the one thing, but it's not a true ability to improve your mental uh, capabilities processes because what happens is our body ramps up and all we're thinking about is how do I get out of this situation? You can't really take in everything and make a, um, a well thought out decision. It's how do I get out of this specific situation as fast as possible, as quick as possible to get me relief. And so if we can take that and say, okay, That is, my mental state is now driving my physical state, which is going to drive my mental state, and you get into this cycle. If we can say, okay, I recognize my mental state is thinking I'm going to, I'm in the worst situation possible, I'm in absolute fear. But now, if we can block what it does to our physical body, and we can feel this sense of calm come over our physical body, it starts to interrupt that mental state. And that mental state is like, okay, wait a second. I can feel some calm. I'm starting to control myself. I'm going to do this breathing exercise. And I can start to control myself and realize I'm not going to die right now. My body is in a safe place. So now it starts to shift your mental state so it's not in complete fight or flight mode over that threshold. Now where you're bringing yourself down, where other thoughts can come in. And you can use this for speaking, presenting. I've done this with people who are on TV who are going from one sports broadcast to another sports broadcast and they're ramped up and they need to calm down and then present again. As we start to shift the body and shift the control that you have so that you are able to perform at a higher level while managing how ramped up you get and you can pull yourself back down. And that's the key giving you control back. So let's go through your breathing exercises because you did this with me the sure. last time and it took a few minutes and I, mm-hmm. I went all the way you know, through them. I actually wrote them down 
after we were done. Wonderful. So I didn't want to forget, you know, how you, you did it. Mm-hmm. So I've got that. And I think you've got some videos that show people, but walk us through that yeah. if you would, because I think it really is important. It has helped me. I'll tell you right now, it, it helps me. Even when I, you know, I've forgotten to do it. All of a sudden, I'll go, mm-hmm. my hip hurts, or I'm cranky, or I want to bite the cat's tail, or even worse, I'm in my car, and I want to bite the steering wheel, so something has to yeah. give here. So let's go through that, if you would. Absolutely. So we're going to get into that seated position that I mentioned earlier, low back all the way back, tailbone tucked underneath you, upper back relaxed into the chair back, feet flat on the ground, knees at the level of your hips are slightly higher. If you have a straw, you can grab one. If you don't, no worries. You don't have to have one. And just pretend that you have one. So make your mouth in like in an O shape. Now put one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly. We're going to use our hands to help us sense and feel something about our body. If you can, close your eyes just to get rid of any other distractions so you can really focus on my words and working on the body sensations. We're going to go through a four-step breathing process where we breathe in through the nose, pause a second, blow out through the mouth or straw, and pause and hold your breath for two to three seconds. As you get better, you'll migrate towards three seconds. When you're starting off, it may be one to two seconds. And here we go. I'm going to guide you through it. So we're going to do a gentle breath in your nose, pause, and blow out through your mouth, Hold, hold, now breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose to your throat without effort. Pause and blow out through your mouth. Hear the whooshing of the air come out of your mouth. Hold, hold, and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose passively to your throat. Pause and blow out. Let your chest drop in away from your hand. Let your belly spill out. Hold and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose to your throat without effort. Pause and blow out. Let your chest melt in. Ribs are dropping down as your belly spills out. Hold and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose to your throat without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel your chest melt down and in. Feel your armpits relax. Your belly spills out. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Feel the air go in without lifting your shoulders. Pause and blow out. Let your chest, your breastbone melt in away from your hand. Your low back relaxes, belly comes out. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Let the ribs stay relaxed as you breathe in your nose to your throat. And blow out. Chest melts in. Feel the low back let go. Your butt cheeks open up. Tailbone drops down. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Feel the air go in passively without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel the wave going down. Your chest melts in, ribs drop down, belly comes out. Hold and take a break. So I hope that was enough. I know we're kind of ending on time, but I wanted to give people a sense of kind of the whole process. And take note, did you feel your chest your breastbone drop in? Did you feel your belly spill out? If you didn't, that means you're more in a fight or flight state, more fight or flight breathing. And it does take some time. There's different practices and different skills that people need to learn, but that's the basics. And I remember the last time we did this, about midway through it, because we went a little bit longer that time, I think, I realized Mm -hmm. that my shoulders were dropping. I could feel them dropping. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know they were stuck up around my ears. I had no idea. Yeah, so as if we had longer time, we'd work on the rib cage dropping more. Then you'll feel the the shoulders drop more. Right. Well, listen, I want people to find you anyway. So 
this is a good place to stop so people can say, I want to know what she knows and what the heck Denise is talking about with her shoulders. So listen, where can people find you? So I'm on the different social medias. They can search my name, but I love to make connections. So I always encourage people, if you're really interested in this, if you want to learn more, send me an email. It's Amy, A-M-Y, at paberinstitute.com, P-A-B-R institute.com. Send me an email. Tell me that they heard me on your show and how I can help them, whether it's free resources, one-on-one stuff, um, even free 15-minute consults. We can do that as well. Excellent. Amy, It as always, it's wonderful speaking with you, and I genuinely love the work you do. I mean, I'm noticing that I'm not nearly as unfocused or as kind of not mm-hmm. stitched up, but, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. think I'm a stressed person, but I notice that when I do these breathing ex- exercises, all of a sudden I am relaxed. My shoulders are down mm-hmm. and I can focus again. So just that has been just awesome. really important for me. So listen, everybody who is here and who will listen later, go find Amy. She's got a lot of information. It'll help you relax a bit and you'll feel better. I promise you it works with me. So Amy, thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Amazon Prime, Audible, anywhere really where you consume your podcast. So just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Amy, again, thank you so much. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.